I want to share my experience in bullying. And for me to share that experience in bullying, it goes way back to when I was a child. This story is the sh- a story I'm sharing for the first time. So I may stop and start a little bit, but I'm hoping I get through this in one shot. I am the youngest of a large family and I've, I had a pretty good childhood, I would say, up until the age of nine. We rented our basement suite um, to people throughout the years. And we would become quite friendly with them. We wouldn't treat them as tenants. We would treat them as families. And one time, well, not one time, it it was months long, one of the tenants sexually abused me. And it went on and on and on. And I would say that that created the map of bullying for a very long time. And the reason why I would like to start and say that my bullying started after the sexual abuse is because it was a starting point of unworthiness for me, of unworthiness for my body, unworthiness for me as a female. It just, uh, it just really shaped the future. So after the experience of sexual abuse that I faced, I, I believe it was for six to eight months, but I don't uh, remember how long it was. I became really confused with my body and what my body's purpose was for. I remember I would eat a lot and Now that I look back, I think maybe I was eating because I was nervous and I didn't know how else to cope. I was stressed. And at the age of nine, I don't think you know how to deal with stress. So maybe that's why I was eating a lot. And that's when the other bullying began to start. Um, I would go to family parties and I would go to dinner parties with family friends. And the first thing that anybody would say to me is, oh, you need to lose weight. You're becoming a big girl. And it would hurt me so much. But in some ways, I think I thought that that's what I deserved. I would go, I would, even when I would go to stores, children's stores, I remember the people who worked there would be like, oh, she might need, she might need a bigger size. She's a little chubby. Uh, Chubby was a common word that was used for me, uh, even, even when I got into my teens. So that idea of somebody continuously saying that there's something wrong with me, it manifested into me being wrong with myself. I wouldn't say the word wrong, but I would definitely not treat myself well. I would assume that the only way to love me is if a boy loved me because that was the only idea I knew of love. And boys didn't like me at all. They would call me so many names um, from, from what I looked like, what my weight was like, to the hair that started developing on my face. Um, as an Indian girl, it's very, very difficult when you're, um, reaching around the age of 12 and, 
the only thing you can think of is you just want to look like a Barbie. You just want to look like somebody who has blonde hair and blue eyes. And you're so the opposite of that. And so I knew, I knew that it would be an uphill battle. And it was, I was constantly called a fat pig. I was constantly called hairy. I remember even when I was young in elementary school still, um, I was called, oh, you're so brown. You look like poo. And all these things you don't think about at the time because you're only 9, 10, 11. Uh, so you don't, you don't really think about how it's affecting you. All you know is that you're hurt and you want somebody to say something nice about you. And for me, the way I thought I could hear someone saying something nice about me is if I looked just like a Barbie. And so it was very young when I realized that diet pills were a thing. I tried diet pills, I think probably at the age of 12 or 13, I would try throwing up and I would try to do all these things to try to get some affection, but it never worked. I was still called so many names. And I remember getting into high school I think I think everybody's high school is just such a detrimental time in their life. My experience was I thought things would actually change and I tried to lie my way into changing. I tried to lie so that I could be popular so that I wouldn't have to be bullied. And I, I tell people, oh yeah, I have this and I have that and we're really rich. And I would try to make my mother buy me all these like clothes that I knew were expensive, but I just wanted to fit in so badly only to realize that the bullying still wouldn't stop. So I, I was still made fun of. I had a crush on a boy and I really, really liked him. And he just passed by me and called me a fat cow. And he would actually bully me quite constantly. And they bullied, they bullied me like in a group. So it was like once somebody in the popular crowd didn't like you, nobody else would. And it just... I think it just manifested into me thinking that there is no way that that I am meant to be worthy. Um, there's no there's no space where uh, I have a space. So I don't have a space. Everybody else has a space, and that went into really deep feelings of depression, where I would just sit in my room and. Um, go under my covers for hours and hours on end. And I remember my mom thinking, what's wrong? What happened? And no one ever knew about the abuse. And then nobody ever understood how it manifested into just never feeling accepted by anyone. It just, it was, it was a consistent story 
that I was not worthy. Even to teachers, I think it was, there was some sort of divide between what was considered worthy and what wasn't. Um, People who didn't speak English properly, uh, people of color, people who had different body shapes. I now notice that there was a underlying divide between that group and in people and in, in students who were considered quote unquote worthy. Um, so I had completely made myself believe that I was just not meant to be here. This was a world for people who are worthy and I was not part of that. So how am I going to go through the rest of my life? And I remember thinking even at 18, there's so much life to live. How am I going to live that life when I'm consistently getting rejected? I ended up making friends um, out of high school. This was now in college. And I noticed that I always gravitated towards making friendships with people who I thought were worthy. So what I thought was worthy was beauty what I thought was worthy was white. And I would constantly try to attain those kind of friends so that I could somehow be in the space of worthiness. And that would backfire as well. I mean, I was, I was, I was still being bullied in my 20s. I remember like if we would hang out in a group and if there was a boy that I wanted to talk to and I would try to make the effort, uh, they would still call me fat. They would still call me ugly. And that ended up going into my dating life where I always ended up meeting people who would tell me that, you know, you're you're not worthy. If you only lose a little bit more weight, then I will be with you. So when I look back at all that now, I think that it was a sign of what happens when you try to attain something that is not good for you. So that's what I was consistently doing. I was consistently meeting men that were not good for me, that were always constantly telling me about my weight, about my looks. And I see now how it all manifested. It's like something that's not supposed to happen to you at the age of nine, all of a sudden manifests into this whole story of you not being worthy and you trying to attain worthiness. And then I got married and the marriage obviously wasn't great. I would say that it was around the age of 37 when I started going to therapy and I started taking medication for my anxiety where things started to open up. And I started to realize through many, many conversations that we are all worthy and that we all take different paths with the circumstances that we are faced with. And when when I started realizing that, 
I started looking back at all those people who bullied me and I started almost feeling sorry for them because they must have had something happen in their life where they felt that need to put someone else down. And suddenly when I started doing that, the world didn't seem so harsh. It didn't seem so dangerous. It just seemed like we all really didn't know where we were going. We all didn't know how to deal with the things that we were dealing with. We never had any opportunity to cope. And back then, especially when I was younger, so that would have been the 80s and early 90s, there was never any really, there was no emphasis put on counseling or therapy. I am so thankful that I got therapy. I am so thankful that I reached out and I didn't know that reaching out and sharing my story with someone would create this new path for me. And this new path is It's so surreal because I never thought it would be there. I remember even in my early 30s thinking, oh, wow, at 13, 14, I was thinking I have so much life to live. How am I going to live it now? And in my early 30s, I was still thinking that. I was like, okay, I've made it to 30. I might live till I'm 70. I still have so much time. Um, and it was scary and now it's not and it's exciting and it's it's fulfilling and it doesn't happen overnight I think it took me a long time to realize that I am this great bubbly energetic ball of a human being and my curves in my skin color and the hair on my face and in my armpits like they all make me who I am and they all have have enhanced my life and they've also protected my life this is all me I am so thankful for it and I never thought I'd get there um so now Life seems, life seems worth living. 